Why do so many people, especially women, love the true crime genre? And is that a good or bad thing? We discuss this and more with special returning guest, Kelia Clarkson, on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, the home for the creative intellectual and the only cult that wants you to think more, not less. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, culture critic, hyper-modern traditionalist. And with me, as always, is my vexingly virtuous co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, uh, filmmaker, and, you know, I'll, I'll stay on brand today and just say mystery and true crime enthusiast. Mm, that's good. And it is true. Yes. And not a crime. And not a crime. <laughs> Yet. No, great. <laughs> we, that was a joke. I thought we might go somewhere, but it didn't. It's fine. Hey, it's they can't uh, all hey, be winners. Uh, uh, Nathan, can you put in the laugh track for that one, please? <laughs> there you go. There you go. There we go. There's the appreciation I was looking for. Okay. Oh, you stink! And, well, today we have a radiant returning guest. She is an actress and writer who has starred in shows like The Good Place and is a regular contributor at Evie Magazine, where she writes her thoughtful and spicy opinions on culture and relationships. She also happens to be married to our very own Nathan Clarkson. She is the kinetic, the candescent, the confounding Kelia Clarkson. Kelia, welcome back to the podcast. Wow, thank you so much. That was such a wonderful um, introduction. We get that I, a lot. <laughs> I appreciate you. that you said that my opinions were spicy of all things. <laughs> yes, well, like you know, that. they are, and very good. I enjoy reading <laughs> them a lot. Edgy. Yes, exactly. Yes. That's the cute version of edgy. Yeah. The, the, when you're that's writing. the interesting version of edgy. There you go. Edgy. There you go. Like, okay, we've all heard it. Yes, that's fair. Spicy, fair. that's more visceral. It is. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. You're 100% right. Yes. So anyway, today we are talking about true crime, true crime genre, nonfiction tales about murders, crimes, and their victims, including books, TV, and podcasts, has exploded in recent years. True crime podcasts dominate the top of the podcasting charts with shows like My Favorite Murder, Serial, Morbid, Paper Ghosts, and more claiming multiple spots in the top 20. True crime documentaries on Netflix, like Making of a Murder and Tiger King, are regularly drivers of cultural conversation during their run and even after. There is even an entire TV channel devoted to covering true crime content 24-7 titled, aptly, The True Crime Network. Even more interestingly is that fans of this genre are overwhelmingly women. According to a 2010 study reported in the New York Times, 70% of true crime novel readers were women. And according to a 2018 study by the Journal of Radio and Audio Media, nearly 75% of true crime podcast listeners are women, which is especially shocking for podcasts given that over half of listeners of podcasts in general, are men. So, what is the appeal of true crime to our modern world, and to women in particular? And is it a good or bad thing? Kelia, you've written on true crime before, and have been very open about your love for the genre. (laughs) So, tell me, as a representative of all women everywhere in all times and all places, (laughs) why do you love true crime? And is our love of true crime a good thing, a bad thing, or a shut up and let people enjoy what they like thing? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So first I'm going to go into why I personally enjoy true crime. And I think a lot of women would agree with me on this. I think a huge reason that uh, uh, women tend to flock to true crime is because murder is kind of like the worst thing you can imagine happening, hmm. right? Yeah. And it's it's basically everyone's biggest fear, but I think more often women fear it because we're, you know, the weaker sex. We're sure. smaller. Um, we are taught from a very young age to check in the backseat of the car before you get inside, like don't walk home alone at night type thing. So I think it's almost like a facing your fears thing for hmm. me. And in some ways, taking the power away from it. Hmm. Um, yeah, for me, it's definitely kind of get over it. It's a real thing that happens in the world. So I want to know everything about it in a way to be sure. <laughs> but also, I also know that, it, you know, in all likelihood, this will never happen to me. So that also gives me some comfort. Um, so kind of, it's interesting if I'm catching what you're saying, it's the vulnerability that women feel 
that makes them more interested in understanding these kinds of things that they feel would be more likely to happen to them. Whereas men feel less likely that these things will happen to them, whether it's be attacked or murdered or whatever these terrible things are, men have less inclination to explore these as they are less inclined to believe that they will happen to them. Even though it obviously men have been victims of murder and, and such, but women feel wait, wait, more <laughs> women feel more vulnerable. So it, it attracts an interest in this genre because they want to be more acquainted with and understand it. Yeah. Um, and maybe like you said, take the power away from it a little bit. Take some of the fear out by by studying and looking into some of these things. Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. I'm I'm looking right now, Joseph usually read all the um, interesting studies, but... Oh, you're going to read some studies? I, I'm going to read a study. A study. Or a one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We're breaking new yeah. ground on this podcast, people. But uh, here in um, New York, there's a lot of breakdowns for actors um, for the ID channel. The ID channel is one of the biggest mm. cable channels yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is in the United States. And um, it's really interesting. The, every single program is about true crimes about a real crime that's taking place. And they have documentary series and reenactments and TV shows. But I'm reading here that um, in 2015, uh, Nelson or Nielsen found it was the most watched ad supported cable network among women ages 25 to 54. Okay. So right in this kind of close to where you are and where many women are Mm -hmm. um, who are watching TV regularly, this is the most popular channel that blows my mind. That's, above Hallmark and Lifetime and all the traditional way you think. Um, right. No, like you think women might. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Reality TV or, or shopping network. I'm sorry. You, you laughed before you said it. You knew before it came out but of your above mouth. above reality TV or hangovers right. well, like, or you know, shopping is a Oxygen, crime. you know, it's yeah. like whatever. You know, yes. It's like, and they're yeah. watching murders. Well, it's, it's a thing. It's like, you know, you think of like what's going to be the most, you know, viscerally satisfying, you know, because there's, there's, uh, uh, you know, it's like a feel good things. Like, I mean, again, the most popular movies are, you know, summer blockbusters. Yeah. They're movies mm-hmm. about people getting to be heroes and like, you know, and saving the world from, from great threats. They're focusing yes. much more on the adventure aspect than on the, than on the fear aspect, although there's fear as a part of that as well. And so it's interesting that, you know, like for TV, you know, for, and for, and, and, and for these different places that, that this is a genre built sort of around, the motivating emotion is fear. Which is really interesting. There's nothing inherently, I'd say, feminine about this, but it's the most popular among women. That just still, I'm reading this blow, and it's kind of blowing my mind. Yeah. But it's interesting to hear you, Kelia, talk from a woman's perspective. I remember when we first started dating and and I you know, listening to my <laughs> oh, theology what story is going to happen there <laughs> <laughs> I'd be listening to my you know uh, whatever my either my comedy podcast or my theology podcast whatever it was and I was like well what do you listen to and she's like I listen to true crime podcasts and this actually yeah. bugged me I was like what, what are you doing that's ridiculous it's just a <laughs> bunch of and I didn't yeah. understand what the draw yeah. to these kinds of stories were and now she has you know I, I have listened to some of the podcasts and read some of the things that she's interested in and is and from my outside perspective I thought oh this is just macabre they want to see the crazy and you're not that kind of person you you no, are I squeamish look at crime scene photos or anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah. blood but for some reason you were interested in these stories about right. murders and yeah. murderers and psychopaths yeah. and it's interesting to hear that's coming from perspective of someone who feels more vulnerable to their happening oh absolutely I mean the amount of times I've been walking home. Um, all alone and I hear someone running up behind me and I think hmm. here we go this is it you know <laughs> and of course it was just someone going on a job but <laughs> it's definitely something that women are always afraid of hmm. um, and yeah. it's something that almost every woman I know has experienced and, and right. told me in some way whether my sisters or my mom or, or anyone I've known yeah. I, I know women who tell me I walk every time I walk anywhere into my car in a building I have keys in my hand like through through my fingers oh, yeah. just in case I can punch yeah. I know women yeah. who carry a taser or a pink pepper spray everywhere they go. Right. I mean, unfailingly, this isn't just like in some situations, everywhere they go. So obviously their minds are on some sort of alert that my mind has never right. Right. been in. Now, that's going to, Lena, that, that one of the things I, as I did research on this, that came up a lot was the idea that of, of many people listening to podcasts or watching these movies in order to get techniques in order to actually, is that something that you actually do? You're like, take notes. Oh my gosh. Survival tips. Absolutely. I mean, especially now sex trafficking is kind of becoming, yeah. In the news a lot. Everyone's talking about, 
and you hear that the, these tactics that they use mm. and it's really just terrifying that me walking to my car and getting inside could get me kidnapped. Mm. And so, yeah, that's another um, side of it is how do I make sure that this doesn't happen to me? How do I make sure I don't become the victim here? Yeah. Now see, this is interesting because that's an interesting perspective as to why this is interesting to to females. And I and I yeah. totally understand that while I don't why I've never lived that experience, I can understand why that would be of interest. But when I watch, because I, I actually really do enjoy watching these documentaries about sure, crime, yeah. and, and I and interestingly enough, I love reading about psychopaths and cults. Yeah, and sure. it's not about macabre it, it, being macabre. I want to. You're taking notes, also. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's interesting to me on a few different levels. One, I love getting inside people's minds. Sure. Um, it's yeah. interesting to me to see what brings about these kinds of actions, how these stories could happen, what kind of people, what kind of circumstances people who commit these kind of crimes um, have found themselves in, what kind of trauma, what trauma does to people. So it's really interesting on a human level to me right. to explore yeah. true crime. And why would someone like Ted Bundy or Charles Manson do these things? These are, these are horrific. How could a human little baby grow up and want to do these things? Oh, yeah. And then two, I think something that's interesting to me, and I think more universally, I'm wondering, Joseph, if this, if you've read anything about this, I think there's an interest among us all. The, typically, these stories take place in our community. They're not happening in a sure. developing country. Yeah. Very, most of the time, they're not happening in other, other parts of the world. They're happening in our community. And I think there's an interest when we've had this idea of the American dream. It's safe. It's good with neighborhoods and, and stores and Starbucks and McDonald's. Everything is, and I think it's interesting for us to fathom that these kind of things could be happening under our nose in the door, sure. in the house next door to us, yeah. um, by people we pass on the street. So I think that is a fascinating thing to me that, that normal looking people that that's why I think psychopaths are interesting because most of them look very normal. They don't look right. like the people in horror movies. They look like normal guys. Yeah. And so it's an interesting yeah. thing for me to think about this yeah. kind of stuff happens in a world that I assume is safe. Right. Um, th so there, there's a, uh, there's a time magazine article called the allure of true crime, which is written by Scott Bond, professor of criminology at Drew University, and the author of Why We Love Serial Killers. Mm. It talks a little bit about that. A couple of things he talks about. The fact that we are really fascinated by things we don't understand. Yeah. The things that are like, if something is that shockingly evil, we yeah. want to understand it. We want to understand like mm. how could somebody do that? Yeah. How could and how so, could you do this? How could you do this? It seems so far removed from us. And that was actually something David Fincher talked about with Mindhunters was that, you know, he, people often talk about, oh, the reason that we like these psychopaths is because we're so much like them. He said, actually, that's not true. We are fascinated by them because they seem so alien to us. Yes. And so oh, we want yeah. to understand them. And I think that also, I mean, to, and to a certain degree, that is also in a weird way, a little bit, you know, talks, I think, maybe a bit about the appeal for women because women sort of have higher rates of empathy and interest in sort of understanding often. Yeah. What are you saying? Women are better than us? Yes. Oh. Yes, that's what I'm saying, Nathan. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but no, so they, 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 so, and so that just ability, that desire to just like, wait, like I want to understand and get inside somebody's head. Mm. It's, and, oh, yeah. and also another thing, again, again, it's like, Another thing women tend to be a little bit more interested in is finding patterns in things. Mm. And oh, finding yeah. and now, whether or not those patterns are actually real is sort of hit 50 50 <laughs> hit or miss. But seeing patterns and so that you have all this together with it's, you know, real, it's, you know, some, being empathetic towards someone is like, okay, how can I understand them better? Yeah. And then also, you know, being able to say, okay, you know, put, put a pieces together in that way. And then also, again, you know, he also alludes to what you brought up earlier, Kelia, being um, fear from the safety of the couch is how I put it. Mm, He's making sure yeah. being able to experience these fears in a way that's actually safe. Interesting. Absolutely. Wow, I hadn't thought of that. Now, Kelia, I'm, I'm curious mm. because I'm hearing about, you know, this, this new obsession, especially among women watching true crime in, in these um, grisly things. And I understand the, the sentiment that it, it's, how to grapple with it from a safe place, like you were mentioning, Joseph, how to look into it and to understand it. And um, you're more interested, could it, could it happen to you? 
do you think that it brings about more fear? Is this obsession with true crime and murders and psychopaths, is this having a good effect on culture? Like, are we now, oh, now we understand it. We're less scared. We, we, we've ripped the, the shroud off of it. Now we see. It's not that scary. We understand. Or is this causing people to become more fearful because we're so inundated with these stories that we think around every corner there's going to be someone with a knife? That's so, so hard. Um, part of me wants to say, I think it actually does create more fear. Um, just because, well, I mean, I'm more fearful. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I was to, like, You're a more sophisticated way to put it. I'm say this poetically. No, but honestly, I am more fearful at, at night when I'm, if I'm sleeping alone. Uh, I hear a noise. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a serial killer outside. Um, Yeah, I think it definitely does kind of fan the flames in a way, even though it's kind of a weird mix of of quelling the fear as well, though. Because Hmm. now it's like, well, I kind of understand how these things work. Sure. I understand what not to do. Sure. You know, this is why this girl found herself in this mm. scenario. So I just it's don't have to like, do maybe that. Maybe I just won't do that. It's almost like preference. It's almost yeah. like, yeah. you know, you have the, we don't want uh, the end of the world to happen. It's a right. bad thing yeah. to have a nuclear uh, fallout. But you see- Except in a time like 2020. But yeah. <laughs> oh, you're one of those. Yeah, guys. so it's like, oh, just have the meteor come and take us all. But you, but you see <laughs> these people who were so scared of this thing right. happening, the end of the world. And there's entire, actually, TV shows about this. They're so scared of the, the end of the world happening that they devote their entire lives right. to yeah. figuring out what to do if it happens. They build bunkers. They get food. Right. They learn how to use weapons oh, yeah. because out of their fear. Now, I'm trying to decide where is a healthy balance between right. being acquainted with it so it doesn't scare you. You can be prepared. You can understand it. And so immersing yourself in it that you can't escape this mindset of, Either yeah. the world's going to end or I'm going to get jumped. Well, so I'm going to oh, so just I'll, I'll jump onto that. Then Keely can can respond. Um, their uh, Psychology Today has an article by Dr. Mike Brooks. Where he asks why it feels like the end of the world even when it's not. Mm. And his point is that, you know, it's the world is actually less violent today. Than it's been like, you know, violent crime is going down oh, yeah. consistently. Yeah. And wow. yet we have a, you know, and he wasn't talking about true crime podcasts, but it was talking about same, that same phenomenon that we feel like everything's getting worse, even though, and that people are getting more violent. There's more violence, even though there's actually less violence. Wow. And so you have this explosion of true crime as, you know, as I, and people are every day getting to hear about grisly murders happening to people that they know, even as that's happening less and less. Yeah. And of course, his talk about that, the fact that human beings have a survival mechanism to always hear fearful data more than other data because it's more important for us to you know notice the tiger that's about to kill us than to notice how sweet that berry we're tasting so we we were designed we're designed to actually be more motivated by that but it can have that adverse effect of like we actually think that our society is getting worse and worse even though it's actually not at least in this case it's not getting more violent it's getting less violent so, especially in a world that we are so over inundated with anything we look at, we're not right. going to hear, we're not going to see one movie or one documentary. We're going to see a thousand. Precisely, we're yeah. not going to have a you know a program about a, a crime like we used to in 2020. Now we're going to have an entire channel or 24 yes, hours. Yes, you a can day. actually if you wanted to. 24 hours, 24 seven worship. Yeah. yeah, and then suddenly true crime is the only thing that you're listening to and consuming. Right. Which yeah. is really easy to fall into that trap. And hmm. hmm. it's been the only podcast I've listened to, you know, in the past. Um, and suddenly my entire life was looking up these awful murders. <laughs> As you wanted to make yourself less scared. <laughs> it's, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, I guess. Now here's a question. Wait, wait, well, okay, you, okay. you, you go first. Two questions. Uh, mine first. Um, <laughs> yeah, husband privileges. <laughs> yes. uh, what quails your fear? And hmm. since you have um, taken a step back from, um, and you still, you still watch and listen every, every now and again, but that is not... Yeah. That is, you've taken a step back from the intensity of, with which you enter oh, yeah. this genre. Have you found yourself becoming less fearful? And also what quails the fear when you are scared at night? I remember the other night, just a fun anecdote. We were, <laughs> we were scared. <laughs> we were oh, scared. here we go. And you my, don't understand. And I'll just say that. My razor went on. That's it. Just my razor. You know, it has a little short in it. And I went, oh, the razor's on. Meanwhile, Kelia, five seconds before, thought we were going to die because someone's in our house ready to murder us both. 
Um, so that is how we both look at life. And there's an interesting difference. So in perspective. That, that well, is a very... That, that's also just being superstitious. Very superstitious. Well, I don't, I'm, I don't know. I think it, it, for me, I was like, it could be a demon. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a whole other. That's a whole other podcast. Demon right there. or murderer, but you never thought it could just be. Because why would it be? Because it is, and it usually is. <laughs> so I'm going to stay out of this particular discussion. But see, for me, if I were to decide to commit murder, I think. That I'm scared would be, right now. <laughs> <laughs> that might be my way of going about it. Which is what? Uh, sneaking into someone's house and turning on the sink and waiting until they come out like, whoa, what's happening? I don't oh, like the you know No, I do understand that. Yeah, it's not like completely off base. No, no. It's, it, and, and, and by and the way. I know this because I've heard so many stories. Well, yeah. I'm still a good, absolutely. loving yeah. husband that uh, recently for my wife's birthday – I got, her, I got her a big knife so that when I'm out of town, yeah. she can, and she sleeps with it under the pillow when I'm out of town. So I'm still a loving, caring husband. Oh, so much tea is getting spilled today. Yes. I just ridicule, ridicule you just a little bit. Just yeah. enough. Like, get your knives. But the funniest thing about that knife is I can't put the blade away. That's fine. So I, it's hard to take it out, and then I can't put it away. Well, if you ever have any reason to take it out, then, yeah. you know. Yeah. You won't want to put it away until, you know. Yeah, I'll call you back. Yeah. Oh, I've got to put it away really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> what was your question? So Jeff? my question, yes, um, which doesn't involve anecdotes, <laughs> but um, is how do you have a healthy relationship with true crime? Yeah. Because again, like anything else, it's like uh, what we're sort of saying is that, look, true crime, it has a lot of good things. Like, again, it can, you know, give you that catharsis, you know, yeah. I'm going to bring in Aristotle because why not? Why not? <laughs> those guys. You know, yes. <laughs> Aristotle said that there are actually only two positive purposes of art. He said that it was moral teaching and catharsis. Now I think he was wrong and Dorothy Sayers agrees with me. So obviously I'm right. <laughs> oh, but, <laughs> but at least those are two that he recognized and, you know, and true crime does both of those. It teaches how to be better prepared yeah. for and to like know how to not mm -hmm. get yourself murdered. Yeah. And it also gives catharsis towards the fear of of, of getting murdered. Yeah. Now, so it has those positive things, but we realized we, we talked about you talked about how overindulging in it can make you paranoid. Yeah. So how do you have a healthy relationship with true crime? And don't just say everything is moderation. I want you to be more specific than that. <laughs> <laughs> that was my answer. <laughs> um, well, what I'll say is, I'm, I'm unfortunately just going to go against what you told me not to do. <laughs> She's a strong, <laughs> independent woman. <laughs> she does what you she wants. Tell her what to to say. Unfortunately, you do have to just limit how much you consume. Hmm. And it comes down to what you are consuming Hmm. that's what's going to be basically in your mind all the time. Hmm. And so if you are not consuming anything that is good and beautiful, hmm. you won't have anything good or beautiful to say. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or to think about, dwell upon. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, that's, exactly. It's what you're dwelling on. It's, isn't hmm. that a verse? Uh, so a man thinks, so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. Yeah. Yes. Somebody, 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 fact check us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, no, I mean, I, 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 uh, um, but I know the a verse is whatever's good and true and beautiful. Yeah. Think on those things. Yeah. So, so what? So, I mean, again, like, what? What? Let's say, can I get into specifics? Yeah. How much true crime were you consuming? Let's say per week, and how much are you consuming now? Because uh, right now we're pretending that you used to have an unhealthy relationship and now you have a healthy relationship. <laughs> well, so I was listening to it a lot back when I lived in LA and I was driving sure. everywhere. Yeah. And, and for a while I was working as a Lyft driver and so I would be spending hours in the car. Okay. And obviously I wouldn't be playing these when, you know, people are in my car. But in between <laughs> rides, I would switch back to my murder podcast. Hmm. Or on my way to work somewhere else, I would switch over to my murder podcast. And it was kind of like... This is all I am wow, filling my okay. mind with. And like that is well, completely Well, I met you when you were unhealthy. reading the Black Dahlia book. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's a book. <laughs> okay, we have driven by the house where she lived or took place. Right? It, well, it's supposedly where she was murdered. This is what people think. And by the way, I have been told 
Very important. <laughs> Black Dolly, a very important story in true crime. Yes. But I actually want to touch on one more thing hmm. that I think true crime podcasts specifically hmm. offer its listeners, and that is community. And, hmm. you know, when you're afraid all alone, that's really, really terrifying. Oh, that's it, really good. Yeah. There's nothing like being afraid of something. Like if I'm here all alone at night, and I'm scared of something. He's not here to protect me. I have no one to talk to. It's all the more terrifying to me. But if I have a community of people who are also kind of interested and kind of scared, we can talk about it and maybe even laugh a little bit at mm. how terrified we are and say, oh, it won't happen to us. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? No. That, so, that, yeah. It reminds me of church. And I'm thinking, and what I mean by that in very metaphorical terms yeah. is, Church it all starts with a murder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because Jesus. <laughs> but church stands um, and, and confronts darkness. Right. And yeah. so this community of people who are invested in crimes and, and terrible things that have happened are in their own way, in their own attempt, <clears throat> of, uh, confronting darkness. Right. They're standing in front of it. And together, and, th- and that's what church does, together we can confront darkness. As a church, arm in arm, we confront darkness. And it's interesting to hear yeah. that the community around true crime and the people who, who are interested in the genre, they are essentially arm in arm together. Part, part of the appeal is that yeah. they do it with somebody. Yes. They're doing it with yeah. the community and confronting the dark, especially a dark that they are actively afraid of. Now, that, that's really interesting. That's, a, that's, that's, yeah. that's really excellent. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think to your point of church also, Nathan, the, I, the, there is a story that is told mm. in yeah. true crime that is, you know, similar, just like there's a story that you hear in church, is a story of things were good, <laughs> something bad happened to upset things. To in a quote things, unquote perfect In world. a perfect, yes. It's usually yes. in a, in yes. a neighborhood. It's a, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. It's an, in an idyllic setting. Yeah. And then a murder happens, which upsets that idyllic setting. And there's a mystery of what went wrong. And mm. then there is either a solving of it and a justice happening. And that's the redemption. And that's the redemption. The, the or, there, or there's not. Yeah. And that's the thing we were talking about this on our mystery podcast, um, where, where, where it was, yeah, the, the where that was... Um, the same thing is like mysteries have mm. something upsets the ma- the good the balance world, of the world, the good yeah. world, mm. and then you actually get it solved and justice is done. And that doesn't always happen in true crime because we're still you know uh, a part of the story that's being told. We're mm. like this, ha- but there's always yeah. actually hope that that might actually get solved eventually. And, and interestingly enough, but right, most of the most popular, um, and I'm, this is anecdotal evidence, not a study. But from what I've seen, almost every single um, true crime documentary or movie or book, it always has an ending of some sort of justice. Yeah. We know who the killer is and yeah. we found him. Yeah. We we made what was wrong right. We put justice in the world. And so it goes yeah. back, again, what we've talked about many times, especially on the Mystery Podcast, there is some sort of catharsis to seeing a good world upset and redeemed ultimately right exactly exactly yes well actually it is to the point we actually were talking about before before this this episode which is that um david fincher you know he made the true crime movie zodiac and of course the movie bombed at the box office i actually think it would have done better in the streaming world uh Mm, than now nowadays Um, but he was point was that you know you can't it you can't ask people to go get a sitter and go out to a movie and sit for two and a half hours and have no payoff and for those of you who don't know who the zodiac killer is He's a prolific killer in Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah, same thing. We're <laughs> <laughs> New York. That's just West Coast. Uh, but it's true. He's right. The uh, the murderer was never found. Right. And so yes, there is I some know. mystery there. But I think even the mystery that lasts this long is us desiring for it to be exactly. solved. Exactly. Right. For Desire. it to be completed. For it to be yes. justice to set the world That's right. That's the thing, yes. But even when the murder isn't solved, you can find community... Yes. And trying to solve it, trying to put the puzzle Precisely. together. I mean, there are thousands of Reddit threads that I've gone through <laughs> trying to, you know, oh, yeah. who killed Jean Benet Ramsey? But who they're did interested. It? And I want to hear what you think and what you think and what you think. Yeah. But they're interested you know? because they are longing for that redemption, for yes, that wholeness. Yes, to be made right. Yeah. 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 No. Cool. That's very cool. <laughs> but so 
Was we it have solved it. Yes. Yeah. We have solved true crime. We have solved why. Yeah. We, exactly. We have solved it. Yes. Yes. Very cool. All right. So as I don't know, I don't have any th- other notes. No. Uh, do I, we want, are I, we I good? Yeah, we like, not answer any questions? I think we figured it out. I think we figured it out. Okay. No, yeah. We're good. See, so you're welcome, everyone. Scene. And yes. <laughs> and see. Um, so, okay. Now that we have solved true crime, let's go into our blesses and curses of the week. And so this is a chance Helia, for you to tell people all of the true crime things that, that you now people, only listen to in moderation. That you, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That that they should all watch, but only in moderation or listen to. I can't pick between the blesses, but I have three blesses. You can do I, multiple blesses. You can do that. Yes, we're only at like thirty minutes. Like you're fine. It's becoming increasingly obvious to me that my own wife does not listen to my podcast. <laughs> if she did, oh. she would know. Yeah, <laughs> but she gets all. The, she's just. She's like, just listening. Listening to all the true crime podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to be a real Christian, turn off the true crime podcast and listen to the overthinkers. That's how you get to it. It's because I already hear everything that goes on in the podcast. I hear it all the time, all day. That's the I that's actually that's me, actually yeah. what I've heard from my other friends who don't listen to the podcast too. Is that I just have to talk to you, Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> the same stuff. Exactly. She gets the podcast IRL. We should just stop talking to people close to us and then <laughs> yeah. listen to our podcast. I need to stop talking to you until you listen to the podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, do you do you have all yours prepared, Keely? Would you like to go first, or would you like um, to go last? It's it's I, guest choice. I do have mine prepared. I'll just go ahead and get out of Ooh, the way. Ooh, cool. that's a rare choice. Yeah. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Somebody, cool. a guest prepped for our podcast. Wow. It feels good. <laughs> the color is going first. You're putting down, you're, you're putting to shame everyone else who, yeah. is, who is too scared. You're the brave one. That's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's off to you. All right. So my first bless, this is, okay. It's the murder podcast that I first got into and it's called My Favorite Murder. Mm. And while I won't say I agree with everything they say you know on a personal level because they do kind of go off on rants sometimes um i appreciate that they have created a community of women that appreciate <laughs> not that you can appreciate true crime but you know <laughs> appreciate <laughs> grizzly murder <laughs> who face these things together. yes yeah, so who face these things together we have our catchphrases on the show and it's, it's kind of fun. It just feels like you're listening to a couple of friends talk about really awful things, but also making light of it. Yeah. And they have, they, they have really fun and really friendly. Funny. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you find that their, their funniness and humor enables you to approach these topics with a little less fear? Yeah. That's kind of why I chose them over mm. the other murder podcasts that were just like, and then this happened. <laughs> it's like, no, let, let's kind of, I don't know, let's laugh a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that sounds awful, but that's kind of the way of coping with it. <laughs> that's, I mean, me. we, we t- said the same thing kind of in our nihilism episode yeah. about how yeah. all the modern nihilists are hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they want to laugh at the dark from a place of light. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So cool. If you want to yeah. do, that's a, that's a good bless. Can I, can I do more blessings? Yes. You yes, right. you can do more blessings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Um, so my second bless is a book called The Black Dahlia Avenger by mm. Steve Hodel, I believe is his last name. Um, Don't fact check us. <laughs> <laughs> and so Black Dahlia happened in Los Angeles. It's the infamous murder in the 1940s in LA. And so a young of course, starlet. she was an, a wannabe actress. She was a mm. you know, beautiful young woman who was just terribly murdered. And of course I got into it because I grew up in LA and I'm like, oh, I live right around the corner mm-hmm. from where all this stuff happened. And also so, a hopeful actress. Who is scared to be murdered. So the interesting thing about this book though is it's written by a guy who's basically saying, I think my dad is the Black Dahlia murderer. That is amazing. Again, another unsolved case, technically. It, it, it's totally solved. Let's just be oh, real well, here. The expert has spoken. So, but he, so his dad did it. <laughs> I think so. Oh, okay. So he provides a pretty good case in the book. Yes, I've heard quite a few theories. I'm going with his theory. So, but that's what's so interesting about it is he is literally saying, yeah, my dad died 10 years ago, but I was looking through all of his belongings and I think he did it. That's so exciting because you feel like you're a part of yeah. like something new happening. Oh, this is yeah. finally solved. Yeah. You're a part of the, of the reconciliation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my last one is a Netflix documentary called Don't F With Cats. <laughs> <laughs> and basically... Is it actually Don't F With Cats or is that the censored version? Uh, it's censored on Netflix. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. 
But yeah, for, <laughs> for the families out there, you can look at the title. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the premise is that just uh, randomly, there were these uh, videos uploaded online of this um, man with, uh, he was a faceless man, you know, and you only saw his body. And he was torturing these cats. And so all of these animal rights activists got together on Facebook and created this community of people trying to solve who this guy was because he was putting out these videos every once in a while. Who is this guy? We want him behind bars. This right. is wrong. He was killing the cats. And you love cats. That should be stated. Yeah, that's so, another thing. So this is a double passion <laughs> for you. Wow. And so basically these people, um, they were just so invested in it and they all became friends and they ended up finding out who the guy was. Wow. And they actually solved the case. They solved the case. That and is incredible. Had, I know. And he had murdered, I think, a few men. Wow. Um, yeah. That's so cool. And I'm probably going to watch this. I, mean, that's so cool. <laughs> I like that. He murdered a few men. That's so cool. <laughs> hey, you know, yeah. uh, what was it? What's the, what's the word? What's the word for it? Uh, f- fear from the safety of the couch. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, but it's so cool that they solved it. I yeah. know. And they were saying, this is the guy. And they were the ones that told the police, hey, you need to ch- check up on this guy. We think he's a murderer. Why <laughs> is this not a movie? I know. And what a beautiful um, image of community yeah. bringing yeah. around reconciliation. The That's world. why I liked that documentary. That is so good. I wow. know. It was interesting. Definitely a fun watch. Um, yeah. Those are my blesses. Okay. Do you have any curses? Do you have any like um, true crime things people should not watch? Yeah. Well, I get, not that they shouldn't watch it, but or listen my, to it. <laughs> Read. my oh. curse is definitely, I think it's called Unsolved Mysteries hmm. on Netflix. And it's not that it's bad. That was trending, um, by the way. That was one of the biggest shows. Maybe last right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. 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 It, you know, it's, it's well done. Um, they had some money behind it, but what I didn't like about it was that they kind of got you invested in the story and caring about this victim. And then basically they'd say, and after that, we don't really know what happened. And then, you know, fade to black. And it's just so, I hate to say unsatisfying, but it's just, it's frustrating. No, but that's interesting to me because it's, it, you, you are, you know, the target market for yeah. this. And you said, I don't like this. I didn't. And because so, of the lack of completion. And it's yeah. not even for lack of completion. It's lack of empathy for completion, for mm. desire for completion. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're going to really super invest you. And then it doesn't matter. We never solved it. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. that that's, that is really fascinating. And it says something really important and really true. So Netflix, if you ever do more unsolved crimes, like care about the fact yeah. people want resolution. You solve crimes. That's innately human. We want things to yeah. be made right. I yes. think that's yeah. both innately human and innately Christian. So that's yeah. interesting that even just on a on a media level, you weren't um, satisfied with a lack of uh, of uh, resolution. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very cool. How about you, Nathan? Oh, well, I have, um, I have a few. A few blessings. Uh, All right, first, we're settling. I, I, All right. I haven't done a video game in a while. You haven't. Me oh, being yeah. the video game guy, I feel like I should, and this is a perfect time. There's a game, it came out, oh, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, called Deadly Premonition. Um, and it, 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 it's, I don't know how to say it, it has a cult following. Mm-hmm. It is really weird. I think it was made in uh, Japan, but it takes place in the U.S., Mm-hmm. And it's about a detective going to a small town and trying to figure out these uh, these murders that have been happening throughout the town. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like, how do I put this? It's just so weird. The music is weird <laughs> and like mm-hmm. off and there'll be happy music during the wrong time and sad music during a happy time. And, the you know, it's not great graphics. The faces are kind of weird, but it was they um, a very... Uh, uh, big try they try to make it open world interesting and so even though the graphics are bad and the voice acting is weird and the music's off and it has this it weirdly enough draws you into this story in this town and i can't explain it you'll probably turn it on and go what is he talking about (laughs) but there is this community of people again community who love this game and i am one of them and i am pretty picky about my games i like good graphics i like good story and good aesthetic this is weird, but it just works and it's interesting and moody. And, you know, the main character talks to himself 
uh, and he has an imaginary friend that helps him solve murders. I don't know. It's super weird, but I really loved it. I wish it had something deeper to say about it, but it's just a really interesting, fun. You know, some things yeah. can just be weird and fun. Okay, this as is, as the this as, was weird and fun. Someone yeah. go play it and provide me some deeper reasons. Exactly, like give it. some really deep justification so you yeah. can justify, and you yeah. don't have to just enjoy something. <laughs> but for now, it was just weird and fun, yeah. and it was super entertaining. And I played it over the course of months, and just really yeah. liked, liked it. Uh, the second one is Mindhunter. I know that's been mentioned a million times, especially yeah. recently. This show was on Netflix. It has won Emmys. The, the reason I like this show is because, um, I don't know if you know this, but it, I guess in this, the show is pretty much about this. It's about these two FBI agents in, um, what is it, 60s, I believe. 60s, 70s. Yeah. And up until then, the FBI had believed that serial killers and psychopaths and violent people um, – essentially were innately bad that they were born to be serial killers yeah. there's nothing you could do and these yeah. two guys a psychologist and a detective team up and they say i don't think so and they essentially go around no they don't essentially they they literally go around and interview all of the uh, at that time the world's most prolific and famous yeah. um psychopaths yeah and what's interesting to me is they, they come to this conclusion find no people aren't just born bad of course there's things that um will give someone a proclivity to act out in these sure. ways. What they found is that most of the people, most of these murders um, had abuse, had trauma in their background. So they see these murders, not these archetypes from a movie. Oh, these bad guys are killing people. Right. They see them as humans and humans who have been damaged and how damaged and broken humans damage and break others. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so you see this very human understanding um, and they, they faced a lot of backlash for what they found, but because of them, we now don't just assume that someone is born bad or that someone is born a psychopath. Rather, we look into their past and their family and the circumstances they grew up in and the trauma they've experienced. And now we see people more as whole human. So it's not justifying what they did, but it is bringing understanding to how humans can end up in the places they do, how brokenness affects a child who grows up to be an adult. So it's really interesting, well done show. And then my last plus is, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say this as an actor. No. I need to Are you an actor? This. I'm an actor. Oh, we haven't mentioned that an for the last 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, some of the, 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 the TV shows I cut my teeth on, especially in New York, are on the ID channel. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yes. And yes. so I, yours truly, has been a part of you has been a part of. <laughs> I has been part of multiple. You're not a has been. I, I will be. Yeah, one I will day. be. Yes. But I have been, has been on multiple um, true crime shows. Nice. I have played a suspect. Uh, I have Ooh. played a stalker. Ooh. I have played someone who gets punched in the face who's trying to protect the victim. And Ooh. I have played most recently, and this is my bless, a bumbling cop. With all the evidence in front of him who just misses it <laughs> because he's like lazy. But I played this bumbling cop on a TV show that really is really, uh, really great. It's called The Dead of Winter. And it looks into real cases that have happened, hmm. obviously, in the wintertime. And I got to do one um, that was actually from my hometown in Colorado. I got to actually enact, uh, act in a TV show that took place in Colorado, which is really interesting. Um, but the reason I like this is just speaking aesthetically it's just really beautifully done and it's beautifully mm. shot. And I think that it brings weight to these really weighty. And I think sometimes the, the true crime stuff can be kind of campy or cheesy. Right. Oh, and yeah. this one brings the appropriate weight and darkness and reality to these um, real hor horrendous acts that have taken place. And it brings a respect with it, but it's the, the director who directs all these is a young guy that's just immensely talented. I'm really looking forward to seeing where he goes. Cause what's his know, name? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I just look him up on <laughs> I remember it on set. But, um, but well, I'm he really is talented, and, and he um, he took this genre that it was allowing, uh, that we're, we allowed to be kind of campy and, and poor quality, and he made it really quality and interesting and intricate and very human. So uh, I was really um, lucky and excited to be a part of my last bless, which is Dead of Winter. So if you go and catch me in my episode, I will, I will, what will I do? Send you a cookie. I will send you a $5 <laughs> gift certificate to, to, to your cafe. 
That is my promise. There you go. I need a screenshot, though. I need a screenshot. <laughs> you need a screenshot. This is about, yeah. you know, true, true emphasis, true crime emphasis on true. Here. Yes. <laughs> uh, my curse is a movie you and I watched, Keely, a while ago called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Mm. This movie stars Zac Efron mm. as Ted Bundy uh, opposite Lily Collins. And it tells a story of the very prolific and famous um, psychopath Ted Bundy. The reason I didn't like this was on a few levels. One, it was kind of boring. Yeah. But aside from that, I I, I can forgive boring if something um, uh, ha- has other areas that that, is, uh, that are redemptive in some way. The the real reason I didn't like this is because, uh, I mean, think about this. Zac Efron as Ted Bundy, it glamorizes, mm. it glamorized mm. um, violence and it glamorized murder and dark things. And it really focused on the sexy nature of Zac Efron and how charming he was. And I know they were trying to make it look accurate to Ted Bundy, who many say he he had this kind of charm about him. But what it ended up coming off like is that it's cool to be a psychopath and that girls will like you. And if, if you're a psychopath, you might look like um, Zac Efron. Sure. And yeah. so I know that's not the intent, or at least I assume that's not the intent. But it, it came off as glamorizing something evil. And as an artist, as an actor, one of the things I always... Um, choose not to do, draw the line at, is if evil is glamorized and glorified, then I won't be a part of it. And that's what this movie, either intentionally or unintentionally did, it really glamorized a person who did terrible, terrible things. And I don't think that was a great decision on their behalf. So, yeah, that's my curse. Well, that's a really great transition to My Bless. Yes. Let's hear it. Which is My Bless is a movie that came out on Netflix a while back. I think it's a Netflix movie, but at least I watched it on Netflix okay. called The Highwaymen. And mm. it stars um, – It's oh, good Lord. I'm losing names myself again. Um, hey, that's what the 30s does This you. is the 30s. Yes, I hit 30. I start, <laughs> I start recently. And- exactly, exactly. And I'm, I'm forgetting people's names. It stars – What's, what's he been in? Uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. That's oh, it. Yeah, wow. Kevin Costner. I know. And, like, I'm Woody Harrelson. and Woody Harrelson. And Kathy Bates. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're just reading it. Don't like me. <laughs> Don't be like that. Um, but no, like I said, Kevin Costner, Woody Harrelson, and Kathy Bates. It stars uh, uh, Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson as two Texas Rangers who are assigned to go after Bonnie and Clyde because oh, Bonnie and Clyde are, you know, tearing up, you know, the, the, going, you know, murdering people and stealing throughout Texas. And they send these two law enforcement people to go after them. And what I thought was really interesting about it was exactly because a lot of times uh, people like Bonnie and Clyde are were very glamorized. They were actually the kind of killers who were glamorized because, you know, yeah. they kind of were like, oh, we're sticking it to the man. We're, you know, yeah. fighting. We're fighting mm-hmm. not for the common people, but sort of as a representative of the common yeah, people. We're yeah. not giving them the money, but we're kind of, you know, <laughs> but like, you know, we're one of those. It's the Robins of the exa- yeah. kids. Exactly. Kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. And what I thought was really interesting is they showed the other side of it of look at all the people that are getting murdered who really don't deserve to get mm. murdered by them. And that, you know, the reason we have people like, you know, the, the lawmen who eventually stop them is because of those victims and you get to see it from their perspective of trying to taking on the responsibility and the hardship that it takes when it's that causes them to sacrifice their families or whatever. And the brotherhood that they have as they try to take on the responsibility to stop this evil that does yeah. occur. And I find that really endlessly fascinating, yeah. that psychology. And they do go into that. And of course – the amazing performances because you do you basically have Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson oh, getting entirely forgettable actors. <laughs> you know what? If he can forget a director's name, I can forget that I've worked with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but no, but they, they get to not only delve into the psychology, but also chew up the scenery in a really entertaining way. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I, I, and they just show a lot of empathy for that lifestyle. So I, I really enjoyed that a lot. If you enjoy um, these kind of movies, you really get a lot out of it. It's on Netflix, so you have no excuse. You probably <laughs> have it, unless you don't. So uh, then for my curse is actually a movie I just watched, and probably people are going to be mad at me for this, but it's Infidel. It's the new movie. Yes, starring okay. Jim Caviezel, and he plays someone who gets kidnapped by you know uh, the Iranian regime and held prisoner. And I, I, it's, its intention is coming from a good place because it's trying to do a movie that's sort of a political thriller that's – so people will actually go see it. That actually brings to light the actual crimes of people getting kidnapped and made political prisoners in, 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 in Iran or in other places. But it's 
trying to be so serious that it can't be um, that it's that it's not fun enough to be a, a really a action gotcha. thriller. It's not okay. fun enough yeah. to be an action thriller, but it's so there's so many like heroically implausible moments where they want you to root for it and you know rah rah rah. Too unrealistic. That's too unrealistic to be a grounded political thriller, and also does engage in some stereotyping that they didn't need to do in order for it to be a really good story about real things that really happen. You don't have to lean into. Um, problematic caricatures in order to do that and Absolutely. they did so so yeah so I wish that a movie like this could exist that I could bless but this one is not it, it gotcha so interesting not it. okay well that is a blesses and curses real yeah. quick we'll jump into where you can get a, a hold of everybody ah uh, yes if you enjoy this podcast would you do us a favor would you leave us a review one uh, it really helps us get uh, more exposure and get all these fun topics out to more people who are interested in talking about the things that we like um, and uh, it makes us feel good, <laughs> <laughs> which is what's really important. Yeah, bring us happiness. We <laughs> <laughs> so please leave a review and share this with your friends. And if you want to get in touch with us, send some message. Tell us, tell us how wrong or right we were. Uh, you can go to the overthinkerjournal.com and get in touch with us. Uh, get in touch with us there. What else is tough to say? Um, and uh, leave us a message, uh, read some stuff we're posting, get to know us. Uh, we have some bios on there. And um, I'm trying to think, is there any? Oh, Overthinkers Group. Overthinkers Group online. It's a Facebook group, a private Facebook <laughs> We're all sober, I swear. <laughs> You're going too fast. I just, I just have so much I want to yeah. say. <laughs> but we have a, a blast on the Overthinkers group. Uh, yeah. It's on Facebook. It's a private group. We are asking all the fun questions that we ask on here and more. And we love to get the input. Everyone is having great discussions and yeah. debates in really friendly and fun way. We post a lot of fun memes and interesting articles and we talk about them all. This is a great place if you were the kind of person who likes asking these kinds of questions and wants a community to do that with, so please join the Overthinkers on Facebook, the private group. It's a if lot of you fun. are want to build a community not around solving grizzly murders, yeah. but yeah. solving but asking why people do <laughs> exactly, exactly, this is the place for you. Yes. yes. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with me, Nathan, you can visit uh, any social media. Um, just type my name, Nathan Clarkson, and I should be on there. And you can go to my website, nathanclarkson.me. Please drop me a, a message or a DM or an email. I love hearing from anyone and everyone. It's always fun. And Joseph, how can people get in touch with you? Find me on all the socials, or you can go to my website at josephholmstudios.com. And Kelia Clarkson, yeah. if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? Or read your articles. Or read oh, your articles. that's all right. You can read my articles um, on evmagazine.com. There's a little search bar where you can search my name, Kelia Clarkson. I'm on Instagram, Kelia.Clarkson, and Facebook. And you can also visit KeliaClarkson.me. Mm, awesome. Stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and things, apparently. Stuff, stuff and things. things. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Kelia. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, and thank you all for joining us. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. <laughs>